0: it's monday morning 8 a.m mountain time 10 a.m back east this is barry knapp with ironside's macroeconomics our note this week was titled tightening financial conditions um we started out with a title about the changing narrative around the bond market bear steepening but um that's really what it what it represents is the tightening of financial conditions and so that's that title we eventually went with there were um i guess we would call it five sections to the note this week the first one we titled disorderly disinversion and uh, about the comings and goings in the um, treasury market and mortgage market for that matter uh, and implications for the economy and what was driving that a little bit of a um dissection of the causation we then went on to talk about rate sensitivity uh, that's the chart I sent around associated with the email associated with this audio summary of the of the notes. Um, and that you can see from the chart um, we've got the duration of the Barclays corporate AG index, uh, the MBX. MBS index, excuse me, and then the high yield index. And what you see is um, duration in the corporate index is quite long. Um, duration in the MBS index has never been longer, underscoring the lack of rate sensitivity in the not large non-financial corporate sector uh, and, and household sectors. Um, But then uh, duration in the high yield index shrinking towards uh, low levels it was at back in 2019, and that's an illustration of our unstable equilibrium where the household sector is fairly immunized to higher rates. The non-financial corporate sector is as well, but um, banks, small businesses, highly leveraged enterprises are starting to struggle with the tightening credit channel and uh, and that's why we we uh, illustrated it using these bond indices modified duration Um, we then uh, had a section titled the petrodollar doom loop it's a lot about the interplay of oil currencies uh, and the treasury market and ultimately the banking system we then provided a little bit of a preview of jackson hole this week and and by the way we may end up uh, releasing our note late uh, rather than saturday morning because there won't be jackson Hole speeches until saturday we may not release the note until sunday or even monday morning uh, after we've had an opportunity to go through all the jackson hole papers we know the chairman's speech gets most of the attention in the markets but we really like to dig into those um speeches for example back in 2018 there was a series of speeches about market concentration in big technology companies and uh, pharmaceutical companies, a range of industries, which really foreshadowed the Con Canter change in antitrust policy in this country. And that was that academic support for it and how that's built into something that became impactful over time. And so, for us digging into those papers is always interesting and uh, and often. Um, it uh, does foreshadow future events and changes in policy direction um and then uh, we wrapped up the note with uh, a section titled over did you say the risk off episode is over and as of this morning s&ps are trying to bounce but um, the bond market is back under pressure it's bear steepening led by the real rate part of the curve so for us as long as this is persisting um can't see equities Really putting together a decent bounce. So on the disorderly disinversion, um the markets are starting to hit our targets. Tens are decisively through nominal tens, that is, through four and a quarter. Real tens got to 2% this morning. The P's down uh between five and seven percent, five and a half roughly, which was our target. Um we don't think this is really about growth. That's how the narrative started to change last week, and we went through that the data that came out um, and the New York feds weekly economic index and and um, that is not really getting all that much stronger sure it was a decent retail sales number but um, we also had a very weak national association of home builders uh, housing index and that's we don't believe that's really been what real rates have have or have driven real rates going all the way back to the conundrum in 2004 and 2006. Real rates are much more driven by policy uh, now, asset purchases, expectations for future rate uh, cuts. That is related to growth, to be sure, but um, um, really, it's it, it. This is more about supply and demand. And Janet Yellen lo- losing her best customers as she has just 500 billion extra of coupon securities for sale this fall, and that we think is is the real driver here, and. You know, we have some catalysts for turning that outlook around. Um, Kansas City Fed symposium, Jackson Hole, starting on Friday, um, and then next week's labor market data we think is going to be really important. As a side note, we are going to get the first look at the benchmark revision for payrolls on Wednesday. That could be quite interesting. We've been, um, you know, going through the Business Employment Dynamics report, for example. We wrote about a few weeks ago and how that foreshadowed a big reduction in that benchmark or a big downward revision to the benchmark revision because we think the birth death model is getting small business employment totally wrong. But anyway, that'll come out on Wednesday and we'll at least put out something on the Substack chat about that. Um, So moving on to um, rate sensitivity, again, this bond market um, uh, indices modified duration really does illustrate that point Retail sales numbers last week were definitely better than expected, but we think what that really uh, may very well be portending more than a change in the level of consumption is that that rebalancing between goods and services might finally be largely complete. Um, goods consumption is running about 75 billion below trend that we trace back to mid-14 when the household deleveraging related to the financial crisis in essence ran its course uh, service spending is some 240 30 or 40 billion above trend so we may just have hit that point remember retail sales is mostly. a um, goods, goods consumption and it only represents 20% of total personal consumption expenditures, you know the pundits got really carried away with what the Atlanta Fed GDP now tracker said. There's no doubt that um, July was a decent month, but we're one month through a three month quarter. We would definitely fade that 5.8% GDP now tracker. We don't think we're gonna be anywhere near that when all is said and done. But um, nonetheless, um, you know, that, that it does what's happening with the household sector is that it is largely immunized from rate hikes and and they really haven't begun to to bite in any meaningful way yet um we also went into credit a little bit though to look at some of the weaker sectors right after a cnbc appearance we had last week was a real estate guy scott reckler from rxr and he was talking about the real risk in that small banking system is not so much office buildings but multifamily housing there is a lot of work uh people are are Putting out there about the amount of supply that's coming into the market and how that sector has been largely financed by small banks. So it's another area to keep your eye on. And we had a chart in the weekly showing credit spreads in that sector. We'll be following that closely from this point. So moving on to the, what we're calling the petrodollar doom loop. Remember, bank securities portfolios are back under pressure with the treasury market, um, uh, you know, hitting these new highs in yield. And so if that, is still the case in six weeks time when the quarter ends there's going to be a lot of focus on that sure a lot of bonds are held in held in maturity accounts they don't need to be marked to the market but everyone's going to be quite aware of what those portfolios look like Um, and uh, deposit pressure still looks quite acute from our perspective money market fund flows are very strong small bank deposits are going up a little bit large bank deposits are going down but to us that's an indication that small banks are paying up which means um, net interest expense is rising more quickly than net interest income and there'll be additional pressure there we'd started to dig into credit in the note showing how securities holdings are down some 11 and change percent year- on-year CNI lending has turned negative overall bank credit is negative resi uh, loans are still up consumer loans are still up again back to that same point about our unstable equilibrium but um that part of the system that is funded by small banks, meaning small businesses and all, and a lot of these you know, um, real estate sectors like multifamily and, uh, and office buildings are going to be under increasing pressure now. At the same time, part of what we think really triggered the pressure in the rates market last week was the rise in crude, um, given that the dollar is now in essence the petrodollar or a petrocurrency currency, that put additional pressure on the Yuan and um, the Yen, pushing those lower, making oil even more expensive. The Chinese had to intervene through their banking system to try and support the currency. That potentially brings more treasuries for sale. Um, maybe they sell short-term treasuries in the, in the short run that relieve the pressure and so it doesn't put that much pressure on the back end of the rates market it's more perception than reality but nonetheless that is that was probably janet yellen's third best customer remember her first was the fed second was the banks we just talked about their lack of demand for treasuries third were foreigners particularly countries that have export driven models that um, try and keep their currency low to continue to drive exports which means buying u.s treasuries ultimately so um that uh, that's that doom loop. But the story for energy stocks themselves is getting better. So we're really hinting here at a tactical trade, being short banks and being long energy. And we think that's how you should be positioned at least tactically for now. Um, We then went on to talk a little bit about a preview for Jackson Hole. Um, There's been some discussion about What's the real R-starred? Can we separate the short-term R-starred from the long-term R-starred? We expect to hear a lot about that. There is a giant dispersion in dots within the FOMC in 2025. The range was five and three quarters to two and a half. Now that five and three quarters may have been Bullard, who's no longer a member. Nonetheless, there's a big dispersion there. So there's a lot of Debate within the Fed about what the true R start is, what's the equilibrium interest rate over time. We think we'll hear a lot about that. We don't think Powell is going to give up optionality, uh, say that they're done, declare victory, or anything like that. But um, again, those trends in how they're thinking about what's going to happen in 2024 are huge. Harkening back to John Williams' interview. With the New York Times recently, he is on the side of still a very low R start, which would mean monetary policy is going to be getting increasingly tight as inflation comes down, that real rate rises, and uh, the Yellen, or excuse me, the um, Williams faction that we think probably includes um, Goolsby and uh, Harker and a couple of others may be very well pushing for positioning for rate cuts in 2024 so um something we'll hear more about at the fomc in september but maybe we'll get some foreshadowing of that at at, uh, jackson hole so finally the question is having hit our targets is the risk off episode done will this equity market bounce this morning hold we think probably not now we do get nvidia's earnings on wednesday and that may fire up the whole um you know ai mania talk it's not really completely a mania that sounds pejorative we do think it's a real factor that will contribute to productivity over time but um we think it's too early for uh the markets to have found their level fixed income is closer to our perception of fair value for now and if we get soft labor market data the the bond market may very well bottom in which case the stock market may find its level as well but we think it'll probably be under a little more pressure here between now and um, next week's employment data, so not quite ready to declare victory on our little risk-off episode call and and put some money to work, but um, you know if you were short, you might consider covering uh, a few of those shorts. So that's it for me this week. Barry Neff from Ironsides Macro. Uh, have a good week, everyone. Thank you.